Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. It's been a good weekend. Hope it has been for you guys. Well, been a productive weekend. Got some rest in, too, which was uh, much needed. So as a result, I'm able to get you guys to show up tonight uh, for you early morning drivers. I'm going to do my best to kind of continue to do that. It's just when we're not in season sometimes, it's kind of difficult to do it. You know, when I get off of a baseball game, yeah, I come home, I'm already juiced up about the game, want to talk about it, that sort of stuff. And so it's kind of easier to stay up, man. But it's summertime, a lot going on. Got to get the yard work done. Got out there and did some weed eating today and all that good stuff. Got hot. Love getting hot, man. That's why I live in the South, right? Just so I can go out there and enjoy that humidity whenever I want to. Enjoyed it for a little while today. Enjoyed that air conditioner after even more. Hope that you guys are able to stay cool. Got some rough weather on our way, too, and I mean that uh, just – I keep up with Stan Dora. I don't know if you guys do. Stan's a huge Mississippi State guy, but he's also kind of a weather buff, a storm chaser. And so, Stan – I always follow Stan on Twitter just because Stan kind of keeps me abreast of what's going on. I'm the kind of guy that I get kind of reclusive, man. This is the truth. You guys see me out and about and you think, man, you know, Steve's always so social, but sometimes I need some time to kind of chill. And so, when I'm at home working on books and that sort of stuff – you know, it's easy to kind of unplug from the world. And so social media is uh, kind of my window to the world. And Stan kind of keeps me abreast of what's going on. According to Stan, we're going to have some some very summer weather here this week. So going to be some hot heat indexes. Take care of yourself. Take care of your pets. Be smart for sure. I want to thank you guys, too. The uh, Blooms of Oleander, that's the latest book in the uh, Robertson family of literature up to number five on the Mississippi bestseller list. Thank you very much. I had one bookseller reach out to me, and so they believe that is the highest they've ever seen a poetry book on the list. That's pretty cool, I got to say. First time I've published any poetry. So there may have been one other book, and the, uh, the, the lady that is uh, Mississippi's Poet Laureate had that book. So pretty cool, very happy with that. And listen, if you guys haven't picked it out, let me encourage you. Some great Mississippi bookstores have that book available. Of course, Book Martin Cafe downtown. You can call them and get personalization. If you want to order from them, they'll ship. Easy to get it out to you. Or you can go by and pick it up if you live in the greater Starkville area. If you live in the Mississippi Delta, go to Turnrow. They have signed copies of all four of my books. It's Flim Flam, Stark Villains, Alpha Dogs, and Blooms of Oleander. So if you don't care about personalization, go in there. I love that bookstore. I love those people. Great folks. Got a great relationship with them. Again, I was there recently and signed all of their stock. So they have full stock of all four books. So if you're in the Mississippi Delta, go by and pick those up. And the Lemuria Books in Jackson, one of the finest bookstores in the country. I will be there August the 7th. That's just here in a couple weeks. I'll be there to sign books from 2 until 3-ish. So if you guys are still hanging out at 3, I'll hang out too. I got nowhere to be. Got any ball games to cover right now. Might do one or two more dates this summer, and then we're going to shut it down and get ready for football. Got a lot going on with all that stuff, too. You know, we'll be doing game day signings every day, uh, every game day that we're in Starkville. And then, of course, the, the holidays will be here before you know it. And so I want to give you guys a bit of an update, too. You know, I worked hard over the weekend on Dogpile. We're getting there. We're getting there. After this week, I'll, I'll be right at the halfway point. And so what's going to happen is today I will uh, go through and 
you know, reproof and re-edit and kind of touch up these first eight chapters. And then I will send those in uh, to my agent who will then put it through the editorial process. And so they're going to be working on that while I'm finishing the rest of it. And then I'll go back and, and I'll send those chapters in. And then as I'm working through those changes for the first eight, they'll, they'll do the rest. And so the hope is, again, to have this thing out in uh, November. That's the hope, to have it out to you guys in November. Plenty of time for Christmas. That's why I'm working so hard. That's why I haven't done Facebook Live as much. And uh, it's been more difficult to do the chats over on Gene's page. Because I'll be honest with you, by the time I get through the day writing the Gene's page stuff and working on the book and you know taking care of the kid and all that sort of stuff, I'm ready to go to bed. So sometimes I have to work on the show. You have to make myself stay up and record the show. So I don't want to do it in the mornings because what happens is I get up in the morning when everybody starts calling and texting and emailing. So right now there's nobody calling and texting me at midnight. And so I've got, you guys get me all to yourself. And so it's easier for me to get this thing done because you know how it is. You get up in the morning, you start chasing the day. Next thing you know, you look up, it's noon. Day's getting away from you. So I'm a very task oriented person. Every day when I get up, I have a list of things to do. And I would say nine times out of ten, I get that list done. Every once in a while, I have to punt one thing over. I remind you guys, too, one of the, one of the most changing moments in my life. I attended a Franklin Covey planning class when I worked for Heiligmeyer's Furniture. It's called What Matters Most. And it, it really changed the way that I go about life. It, it really did. Because you got to plan. There's so many people out there that go through an accidental life, and that used to be me. You just, you know, suit up, show up, and then just kind of handle the day. And then you get to the end of the day, and you don't have much done. You look around, oh man, one day we got to get this done and that done. Well, those things never get done if you don't plan to take care of them. And so I plan a lot. Now I am surrounded by a lot of people that are not planners, and it's frustrating for me because I plan. And so there are times that I'll, I have what's called a tickler file. It's one of those things that uh, one of the skills I learned in that course is so there are things that I want to follow up on later. And so I file it away in my tickler file for a week or two weeks or a month or whatever. And then I go back later and I say, hey, did you guys ever get this done? Or do we ever get this done? Where are we on this? And people are, I guess people think that I just remember all that stuff. I don't. I don't remember all that stuff. But because I am a little more organized than most, I can go back to that. So let me encourage you, if you're not a planner, if you're an accidental life person, maybe look at taking one of those courses. I don't know if they still offer them or not. I'm sure you can find, you know, maybe a YouTube video or something like that. But I remember it's a guy named Brian Ragland that uh, trained us on that class. And uh, it made me realize, too, that, you know, you, you got to plan personal goals, too. Not everything has to be business related, but you got to plan whether it be a vacation or whatever. So well, one day we're going to do this. One day we're going to take the kids to Disney. One day we're going to go to Hawaii. Well, one day never gets here. Because every day she's like the last. It gets to be all accidental. She's like, you know what? The day starts working us instead of us working the day. And so one of the things that I have found that kind of frees up my mind is when I think of things, I used to write them down. I used to keep like a, a pad on my nightstand. I don't do that anymore got my notes on my phone so when I think of things I either text myself or put it in my notes and say hey let's get this done and then it frees my mind up to kind of focus on what I'm working on you know and not to mention too that a lot of times I'm with family and all of a sudden something hits me oh man I forgot to return that email 
So rather than do it then, I'll just send myself a tax. A little bit later, I'll go back and check those things. So you didn't expect to get that today, but there, there you go. A little life advice for you. Plan personal goals. I, I remember, I'm going to chase this rabbit trail just for a second. I remember this guy, Randy. I cannot remember his last name, but Randy said one of his goals is he wanted to coach a AAU Junior Olympic volleyball team. And, I, and I, right, I, I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever your passions are. But that was one of his personal goals, and he said for many years all of his goals were based on work and on business, and so there were things that he was passionate about. So he began to kind of make some goals and, and to take some steps towards that stuff, and, and made you know tangible goals. And then a couple of years later, not only did he coach an AAU Junior Olympic volleyball team, they won the whole thing. So how cool is that? And I began to think that was a life lesson for me because if he had never allocated some time or planned and kind of you know, used his time as a resource to do things besides work, that probably never happens. And the crazy thing about it, guys, he didn't even have a kid on the team. Didn't even have a kid on the team. How many of us go coach because it's our kids, right? Or it's our neighborhood or whatever, or we're just kind of in the habit or somebody pays us to do it. He was a volunteer coach, played volleyball, uh, I think at a D3 school, maybe in a D2 school, and absolutely loved it. Loved the game, wanted to stay engaged, wanted to stay involved with volleyball. And so he just began coaching the club teams, just on his own. Didn't make any money doing it, probably cost him money to do it, but he loved the game. And then eventually he won a national championship. I mean, it's like it was an amazing thing. It really is. And I, and I remember watching it all happen because two years prior, he was telling me, that's one of my goals. I want to do this. And then two years later, he did it. It's amazing. And so I, I share that, too, to share with you this. When I got ready to move to Stargo back in 2014, I had so many people that asked me, you know, what are you most excited about? What are you going to do first? And, you know. I said, you know, guys, I really want to tell the Mississippi State story because I think we are so unfairly represented in Mississippi's literary history. I don't think we've ever really had a chance to tell our side of the story. And so that's what I'm going to do. That was the goal I had. I said, I'm going to do it. Didn't know how I was going to do it. Didn't know how to go about it. Didn't know how to get books published. Didn't have an agent back then. All I had was a desire and a will. And I thought I had the know-how. How little did I know back then? I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. But that was what I wanted to do, and I worked, and I, I fashioned my, my, my craft a little bit and sharpened a saw as best I could and uh, did a lot of writing exercises to kind of, you know, expand my horizons as a writer. And then out of the blue, uh, Paul Brown found me and said, hey, you ought to write a book about this old Miss stuff. This is a guy that's, you know, written several books and has even had New York Times bestsellers, and he believed in me and gave me an opportunity. And so I said, you know what, this is my chance. And I think, to be honest with you guys, he emailed me, and I don't think I responded for about a month. Because I just wasn't sure. Number one, I wasn't sure who he was. Also, too, didn't know what his motivations were. But also thought, too, can I, can I do this? I mean, it's always been a goal of mine. It's always been one of those things that I used to wander around every day, and I would think, maybe not every day. You know, there's sometimes when you get a little bit nostalgic or whatever, and you start thinking about end of life. And I said, man, I don't want to be that guy laying on his deathbed and say, you know what, I never wrote that great book. I never did this. I never wrote the great American novel. I never did that. I never achieved my full potential. And so 
When I wrote Flim Flam, and it was as successful as it was, and I'm very grateful to all of you people that purchased the book for yourselves or others, we did sell a lot of books. Um, it kind of filled that need in me. It was kind of, okay, this was a long-term goal that I had, and it changed my life. And now here I am working on book number five. It's incredible to me. I'm going to have five in four years. I don't know if there's anybody. There's not another Mississippi writer as prolific as me, and, and, I, and I say that, uh, you know, with no, you know, hardiness or arrogance. But I, I've had a good run, and I'm happy about it. And I believe Dogpile, the new one, is going to be the best-selling book that I've ever written. Because I know what a special moment this is for all of us. And uh, I shared with somebody the other day, this is the book that I was born to write. And so I'm taking my time as best I can, but I'm working exceptionally hard. And this one's going a lot faster. And some people say, well, Steve, I don't understand how it's going so fast. Well, I'll tell you, it's because all year long, I had the forethought to save every interview that we did. Every single interview, all season long, I kept them all. Kept all my notes. When I went places, I wrote things down. I'm just kind of thinking, you know what? If we win it, I want to be prepared. Because if we win it, we're going to write another book. This is supposed to be my year off, and I'm going to have two on the market in 2021. How crazy is that? But, you know, back when uh, the ladies nearly beat Notre Dame, you know, my agent's like, hey, listen, if we win it, we need to write a book here. And I was like, I'm so unprepared. And so for the last two baseball seasons, I have been very ambitious and also very optimistic about our team's chances. And so I have taken very detailed notes just in case. And thankfully, I'm getting to use all that. And so as a result, these interviews are already transcribed. I remember so many of them. I go back and listen to them you know, before I write a chapter and say, yeah, this is the quote. This is the big moment here. And it kind of leads me in the right direction. And so it's been a lot easier. It's also been a lot of fun. Tires me out a lot. But it's been a lot of fun because there's so much stuff that I forgot. You know, there's so many things that mattered to all of us so much in the beginning of the season. You know, there's so many things we were worried about. And I remember saying then, guys, it's a long season. Things have a way of working out. we got great leadership on this team. We're going to figure some things out. we got a great coach. Just give it some time to play out. Well, it did play out. And I'm not going to sit here and say I told you so, but I did. I really felt like we had a chance to get to Omaha and once we got there, depending on the matchup, we had a chance to win it. And the closer we got to it, the more confident that I became. Now, I'll be honest with you, along the way, you know, you get swept by Arkansas and you begin to, you know, kind of question the value of our team. And it wasn't so much I thought we had a bad team. I just thought maybe Arkansas was a lot better than us. Then you go back and you look at the, the series up close and personal. I wrote that chapter late last week and – you know, there were some things that were kind of scary. There were some other things that kind of gave you a little hope, but by and large, that was a, just a dreadful weekend, as I, I talked on Friday's show. Then you get in Kentucky, then you get into Auburn, you get in A&M, and you start making hay against those teams. You're thinking, okay, we're growing. We're a different team. We go to Nashville, should have won two out of three up there, but we still weren't a complete team yet. Then we lose the series to Missouri, still trying to figure that out. Cost us a share of the SEC championship. And we can say, well, you know, we, we got bigger fish to fry. And maybe that's true for Hoover. But, man, we, we need to win the SEC. Whenever we get a chance to win the Southeastern Conference Championship, that we probably need to do that. That probably ensures that we're going to be, you know, a, a top eight national seed. And, and the way things have gone here as of late, probably a top four national seed. But uh, dog piles going great. 
I'll update you guys as we go, but it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I've had a lot of people reach out, man. Listen, I could probably write two books. I'm not going to, but I probably could. I got so many people that have shared their stories, and guys, I'm going to use the best ones, and I'm going to do my best to kind of make you guys feel a part of this. But there's a lot of people who have contacted me and said, "Hey, I want to get this in," or "I'm just not going to be able to get everybody in." I'm just not. I would love to. I'd love to, but you know, I just want to make sure you guys understand that if I don't pick your story, don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get your feelings hurt. I'll do the best I can. Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. I will be there one day this week. I haven't decided what day, but I'll be down there this week to eat because I am jonesing for a pimentology at Bacon. It's been a couple weeks since I've had one. It's time to go fill up again. Bulldog Burger Company is a great place to work. It is a great place to dine. It's a great place to go for a night out, whether it be with your family or your significant other, or maybe just some friends from work. Go and have that adult beverage or go have a family meal. You can do whatever you want. A lot of versatility at Bulldog Burger Company. I love going there. You will, too. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and then Lake Harbor Drive in Ridgeland. About halfway through your meal, it'd be smart to go ahead and let them know, hey, we're going to be getting chocolate shakes to go. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, we're going to talk a little baseball today. You know, there's, there's some comings and goings. You know, we talked late last week about Jess Davis and R.J. Yeager coming uh, to join our program. We are also having some people leave, as you guys are aware. Probably have seen much of this on Twitter, but I kind of want to keep you updated too. You know, because here's the thing. It's a special roster. But not everybody's going to be back. And not everybody made the postseason roster. And Chris Simona said that was one of the most difficult things he's ever had to do. A lot of guys, it's their dream to one day go to Omaha, win a college World Series. And there were a lot of guys that contributed in some respects that didn't get to make the trip, didn't get to play, didn't get an opportunity to be on the, on the active roster. And so I, I share that with you because I think it's important to understand you get a short time in life to play ball, right? And as great as Mississippi State is – if you're not going to play here, you need to go somewhere you can. And so some of those guys have moved on. You may have seen Spencer Price. I like Spencer Price a lot. I love his family, man. Just great people all the way around. I mean, every time that I see them, they all have a smile on their face. Spencer's a guy that's overcome a lot of adversity. Was, was pitching really well last year when the season got canceled. And uh, this year came back and, uh, you know, was, was effective at times. But Spencer now moving on now to uh, to be a coach. Going to coach pitching at Wallace State Community College. We wish Spencer the best. I know he has a pretty serious girlfriend too there. I joked with him when I saw him in Omaha. She played softball at Mississippi State. He played baseball. So they should have some very athletic children. So let's go ahead and get a recruiting brochure in their hands sooner rather than later. But, uh, yeah, big fan of Spencer Price, man. And not just because he plays metal drums, but it helps. Uh, Josh Hatcher, moving on to Kennesaw State. You may recall he was committed to Kennesaw State when we flipped him. Had this discussion over on Gene's page here uh, yesterday. Just think about the fact that, you know, there's kind of a gentleman's agreement in baseball. You don't really recruit committed players. But what happens a lot of times, too, is those guys continue to kind of reach out to schools I know in the case of Jake Mangum, you know, that his family reached out and said, hey, listen, does Jake still have the opportunity to play at Mississippi State? Well, yeah. Well, come on. 
So think about this. You know, we think about some of the most significant players in Mississippi's Mississippi State's most recent run. Ethan Small, former Vanderbilt guy. I think, it, to be honest with you, I think he was committed to three different schools. I think he was an Austin P guy, then a Vanderbilt guy, and then a Mississippi State guy, and then a first-round guy. And Jake Mangum, of course, flipped from Alabama. Tanner Allen flipped from LSU to State. That's a Canizaro deal. But either, either way, I mean, you know, where would we be today had we given up on those guys? Where would we be if we just said, well, you know, those, they, those guys want to go there? We didn't. And Josh is kind of one of those guys too. And I, listen, I know Josh maybe perhaps didn't have you know, the, the junior year we had hoped and certainly not the one that he'd hoped. But I like Josh Hatcher a lot. And uh, I like the fact, too, that he still was stayed engaged and was a defensive replacement late in ball games. And listen, he was a rally starter at Omaha. He had a couple of hits, man, to kind of get things going. Always be uh, grateful for Josh. And listen, I hope that he goes to Kennesaw State and has a big year. And with a full 40-round draft next year, perhaps he'll get a chance to get in minor somewhere. You know, we'll see. But I like Hatch a lot, I really do. Brandon Pimentel announced over the weekend he is headed to Texas University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. And again, another great guy, man. Just another great guy. Just didn't work out. This is a guy that if you made a mistake with a fastball, he's going to crush you. But uh, just had a tough time recognizing spin. And so I hope he kind of gets it figured out. I wrote about him recently in the book. You know, great play in that no-hitter against Kent State. Ball bounces off the bag. He fields and goes and gets on, on, on the bag to preserve a no-hitter. Nine times out of ten, that thing's a double, man. It's a great play by him. And we put him in because the game was over. We weren't necessarily trying to preserve a no-hitter, but we did. Landon Jordan, we've talked about him on the show. I'll always have a bit of a soft spot for Landon Jordan. This is a guy that grew up in a Mississippi State family, wanted to, do, to play here, and uh, really didn't do anything to lose the job when we reshuffled the defensive lineup, when we inserted Forsyth and slid Cam down to third, you know, Landon was kind of the odd man out. And, again, he didn't do anything to lose the job. Doesn't have the range or the power that Cam James does and just not, his, you know, not the defender that, that uh, Lane Forsyth is. But I hate it for the guy. I really do. I mean, I really do. And it's a difficult, difficult thing to live with. You, know, you left the team and then they won an NFL championship. But – but he's headed to South Alabama, and so I hope Landon does well down there. I uh, hope he meets his wife, gets his degree, and it goes on to great things in life. He is a great young man, and uh, I do think about him a lot. I really do, and I've thought about him a lot in the last couple of weeks, just thinking, you know, that's, that's a heavy thing to have to live with, that you quit, and then they win the first ever NFL championship. That said, he was a contributor when he played, and I wish him the absolute best. Now, Jackson Forrester, he of the high leg kick, like Jackson Forrester, didn't pitch much this year. Uh, he does have his degree from Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. He is now headed to Lipscomb. Hope that he goes up there and does exceptionally well. And yeah, there's a lot of guys that come, and you have high hopes for them, and it just doesn't work out. And with so many guys on the pitching staff this year, it's difficult to get innings for everybody. And that's the thing, too. I, I had dinner with a good friend here recently, and we talked a little bit about that. You know, when you come to Mississippi State, you better be able to play. Because if you can't play, you're not going to get too many opportunities in a game to figure it out. It just not, doesn't happen that way. Ask Eric Sarantola. 
you know, you can look at some of our relievers. I mean, that's just kind of how things work. You've got to come in ready to play. In the minors, it's different. You know, we were competing for a national championship, so we couldn't afford to give any games away. Nobody cares who wins the AA, you know, minor league baseball championship. I mean, I guess maybe the city that, that hosts it. But, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to take a guy out there and say, hey, listen, this is your game, and you're going to go out there and pitch, and you're going to figure it out. Well, you don't get to do that at Mississippi State or LSU or Arkansas or, you know, Florida. It just doesn't work that way. So they, don't, they can't afford to be patient with you because there's just so much riding on every game. And, yeah, they may throw some guys out there in the midweek to get some work, but they're not going to throw a ball game just for you to get some work. It just doesn't work that way. And so and that's no reflection on Jackson Forrester. I'm just kind of speaking in general terms here. You know, it's just, you know, it's difficult to get innings for everybody. And that's frustrating because those guys work hard in practice too and they just want to get out there and show what they can do and help the team. And then maybe they get out there and they have a couple bad innings and you don't see them again for a month. Speaking of that sort of things, Xavier Lovett headed to Texas A&M. Man, hate that he's in the West. You know what I'm saying? But I wish X the best. Uh, guy's got great velo, got great stuff. You know, at times kind of struggles with control, but he's a young guy. He'll get that figured out. Really wish that uh, he was a guy that kind of hung around for a little bit uh, but, um, you know, wish him the best, just not against us. X, we're going to need you against Ole Miss every once in a while. So uh, eat your Wheaties that morning and be ready to roll, baby. Uh, Case Garner is in the portal. I had heard out in Omaha that he may be going to Southern Miss, but I have not seen anything to kind of confirm that uh, here in recent weeks. Just haven't seen anything out there. So maybe he goes to Southern Miss, maybe he doesn't. Uh, I know we got a handful of walk-ons out there that are trying to catch on somewhere. Um, you know, wish those guys the best, but uh, it's very difficult to go from basically, – you're basically going from one walk-on situation to another. You were a walk-on here and you didn't play. You know, chances of you getting a spot somewhere else are pretty slim. Uh, Davis Rocos, left-hander, and it seemed like, you know, every year was going to be the year. He had a couple good innings for State this year, just couldn't kind of get him harnessed. And now he would have been a great matchup guy for us down the stretch. We just simply couldn't get it figured out. He's headed to University of Georgia. The guy's got big-time stuff when he's on. He really does. And so, again, you kind of wish him the best uh, with all of this. But um, you're not against us. You, uh, we want- Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and you can see who's kind of coming and going Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months, and you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. 
You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop a new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I want you to do, want you to do good, just not better than us. It's never anything personal. But I wish all these guys the best, man. That's like the thing, you know, you know, sometimes in football it seems like, you know, some guys leave and you're kind of sick of them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, he did this, he did that. He's always undisciplined about this. And you're kind of okay when they leave. You know, because they're kind of a cancer or, you know, disruption to the program. Just not the case in baseball. I mean, occasionally there is a guy that does something stupid. There is. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and defend them all. And we've had some here in recent years, you know, guys that just couldn't stay out of trouble and they had to leave the program. But, but not these guys. You know, these guys that are leaving the program this year, they're leaving for one reason and one reason only. It's playing time. They're not going to play here. Why waste another year of eligibility when you know when a coaching staff's kind of got their mind made up about it? Not to mention, you may have some guys around you that are just simply more talented, and then there's you know twenty new ones coming in, and so you've already had a chance to kind of prove yourself, and you hadn't done so, and you've been here for a couple of years. You think you know what? It's just not going to work out for me here. It's no hard feelings, but I got to go somewhere I can get on the field. I saw some people on social media asking about Josh Hatcher. Well, why would Josh leave? Well, the question that I would say is, why wouldn't he leave? Luke Hancock was going to be back. He was undrafted. Kellum Clark was not draft eligible. He's going to be back. So where's Hatcher going to play? Well, you know, Steve, he helped out a little bit. He did. But, you know, if you've got one year of eligibility left, you know, would you really spend it as a defensive replacement on a team even as great as Mississippi State? He's already won an NFL championship, right? I mean, he'll always have that. He'll have that NFL championship ring. Well, now he's got to do what's best for his own future. 
And if that means going to a place like Kennesaw State where he can start every day, a chance to get live pitching every game, then that's what he needs to do. You know, it's not now just about the college experience. It's about his future. He has to think about what is best for his professional baseball future. And you're just simply not going to get drafted as a defensive replacement. Just, just not how life works. You know, you're, you're a senior. You were an undrafted senior. You got something to prove. You're not going to prove it as a reserve. You're going to prove it on the field. And so I wish Hatchie the best, man. I absolutely do. Think a lot of Josh Hatcher, man. And I go back to that 2018 Super Regional at Vanderbilt. It was a big walk that he got in there late. And people forget, too, we had uh, Rowdy and Jake both hitting in the order then. So basically they, they had to see three straight left-handers. Josh starts a rally. We end up winning the ball game. That at bat was huge. Huge. Not just for that season, not just for that game, but in many respects the trajectory of our program. You know, Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan, Josh Hatcher, never ended a college baseball season anywhere other than Omaha, except for the, 12, the 2020 season when we canceled everything. But all that started by beating Vanderbilt and Nashville in a Super Regional, and Josh Hatcher was a part of that. Josh is a guy, too, that, uh, you know, just there always just seems to be just a little something. Just a little something that needs to be tweaked. Something in his approach. But the guy's got skills, and I do. I wish him the absolute best. I really, really do. All these guys. I mean, there's no hard feelings against any of these guys. And, you know, every one of these guys made a contribution this year to this NAFL championship. May have just been in a midweek game, saved an arm for the weekend or whatever. But every one of these guys made a play to help us this year. And that's one of the things you look at, too. That it, kind of, it, it makes it almost it, – it's sad in a way, too, because you think, man, I wish it would have worked out better. Yeah, they won a NAFL championship, but it, I wish they would have had, you know, maybe the opportunity to play a little bit more. But, you know, with all these stacked rosters, with all the COVID guys coming back, I mean, it's just so hard to get at bats for everybody. I think Chris and Goat and Fox are the best they could, especially in those midweek games when the, when the games got extended, to get those guys some ABs, to get them in there and let them swing a little bit, reward them for working hard in practice. But I'm excited. I really am. I'm excited for for us. I'm excited for them. And, you know, they'll always be Bulldogs. They'll always be able to come back and be recognized at halftime of a ball game and say, hey, Mississippi State's 2021 NAFL Championship team. These guys are part of that. So thank you guys for your contributions to Mississippi State baseball. We wish you the best. We move forward. All right, today's top ten list brought to you by johnnypacker.com. That's right, johnnypacker.com. If you're looking for sunglasses, and you should be. I just got my new ones in, and uh, it's like I forget how great it is to have quality sunglasses. Mine got broken when I got back from Omaha and had to get some other ones, and uh, it was difficult. I was tired of squinting. I'll be honest with you. Every time you go outside, the sky is so bright and – it's so hot, and the sun's in your eyes, and you're driving up down the highway, and it's just like, man, where are my sunglasses? Don't fight that yourself. Go to johnnypacker.com today. Go today. Stop putting it off and order yourself some sunglasses. High-quality eyeglass wear, great construction, fashionable frames. It's perfect. All these frames are named after Mississippi towns with the exception of the Omaha frames, and maybe those are the way to go. Reward yourself with some high-quality eyeglass wear today. 
You can get prescription lenses. You can get the uh, blue light glasses. You can just get regular sunglasses. Maybe you're better than me. Maybe you've got better vision. Maybe you don't have to get prescription lenses like me. But whatever you need, whether you need script glasses or you don't, you can find it at johnnypacker.com. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. And it is Boneyard. That unlocks 10% savings. Also a good reminder, too, that every purchase, there's a portion of all the profits that are, dedicated, that are donated to the Cystic Arosis Foundation. John Packer himself has suffered with that affliction his entire life, knowing he's doing what he can to help others. So not only are you doing business with Bulldogs, which I highly recommend, not only are you getting a great product, but you're also contributing to a great cause. Again, that's johnnypacker.com, promo code BONEYARD. And listen, if you see that your favorite frames are sold out, don't panic. Just hit the Contact Us link and let them know they'll get them on order for you. It's been a great run, for sure, johnnypacker.com. And so today's top ten list requested by John Packer, and I actually had somebody else planned for today, but John tweeted at me and Roy and said, Hey, guys, how about a Blind Melon top ten? And then Blind Melon liked the tweet. How can we not do it? We have to do it now, right? I mean, if Blind Melon comes out and endorses that request, we don't have any choice in the matter. We have to do Blind Melon today, and we're going to. So I want to share with you guys, too, uh, you know, Blind Melon came out, you know, in a time in my life, man, when, when it seemed like I was searching, I guess, for a lot of things, you know, because life was fresh again to me. It was a second chance at life for me. And uh, I discovered Blind Melon. And it changed a lot for me, too, because, you know, lyrically, you know, it kind of hit me right where I was. There was so much of that, that uh, especially that first album, that just really was the right album at the right time in my life where I was able to receive every single message. And I, I would put that album on. I'd, I'd get home from class, and I'd just put it on and let it play in its entirety. Even I, I didn't watch a lot of TV back then. I don't watch much now. I do watch some Netflix every now and again, but I've always been a music guy. And whether I was studying or just kind of sitting around or cleaning house or whatever or just vibing, I listened to a lot of Blind Melon. And uh, that first album is just one of those. You know, the, the, the people always talk about, hey, you know, if you're trapped on a desert island, what are 10 albums you would take? Well, that first Blind Melon album would be one for me. Just because emotionally, it's just one of those that has, you know, maybe this spiritual connection in some respects for me. And the fact that a lot of these guys are from Mississippi also matters to me, too. I don't know why it matters so much in music for me. You know, like if I find that there's a Mississippian involved in literature or in music or in movies, I root for them. I just do. It's different for athletics. It just is. And I, maybe it's because I'm a hater. But um, any time that we have Mississippi musicians going out doing cool stuff, man, I'm a fan. I absolutely am. And uh, Blind Melon's one of those bands. I had a chance to see them with the original singer, uh, before they left and got discovered. And then all of a sudden they get Shannon Hoon in the band, and uh, Shannon has a legendary voice and his sound is unmistakable. And I think that's one of the reasons the whole thing works, man. It's those great lyrics sung by a great singer that's sung with his soul. There are a lot of people out there that may be vulgarly more gifted, but there was just this redeeming quality in Shannon Hoon's voice and one of the saddest days for me is when, you know, when Shannon died, you know, he was uh, there to show in New Orleans and people used to say that, you know, New Orleans got the better of Shannon and he had his own demons and there's all these fans that are lined up and, you know, trying to peer in the glass of the blind melon bus and they couldn't see him, but Shannon was laid up in their dead and it's, uh, it's a really sad story, it really is. 
I have not seen the documentary All I Can Say, but I but I plan to. And after going through these lists today, I, I really feel like it's something that I need to do. So a couple of honorable mentions. Some people wondered if I could put together a top 10 blind melon list. You're kidding yourself. Honorable mentions, Drive, Walk, and the Pusher. Drive, Walk, and the Pusher. That drive song was really special to me. I used to ride them down Highway 49. Sometimes I would drive down to Biloxi just to go to the beach and see the ocean at night and then drive, drive back home. Just because, you know, gas was about 86 uh, cents a gallon back then. Just get in the car and drive down there. You know, get a cup of coffee or whatever and get a pack of smokes and drive down to Biloxi and just go look at the ocean for a little while and just sit there and enjoy the moment, get back in the car and go home. And that, uh, that song, Drive from Blind Melon, always reminds me of those trips. All right, number 10, off the Nico album, it's Soul One. If you're not familiar with that one, let me tell you, this whole list, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people that say, you know, Steve, I knew a few Blind Melon songs. When you listen to this list, you will have listened to some of the best Blind Melon songs that there are. Soul One is probably one of the more underappreciated songs in the catalog. Number nine, off the second album, Soup. Uh, is the song Galaxy, and I absolutely love the chorus on this one. The music is great, the diversity and everything else, but the chorus, I think, is some of Shannon's best work. I, I think it is quintessential Shannon Hoon, and I think you'll love that one again. Galaxy is one that uh, maybe the casual fan doesn't know, because everybody knows a couple songs, but these are the ones you're listening to today, these are going to get you up to speed with true Blind Melon fandom. Number eight, the song Soup, ironically, not on the album Soup. It's on the album Nico. And I assume it was just maybe a, you know, a, probably one that was left over. But um, I like that one a lot too. <laughs> it's just one of those ones that uh, is kind of unique in its own way. I love the guitar on that one too. There's, a, there's some tone in that one. There's some guitar effects they use that kind of makes it somewhat unique. Number seven, Mouthful of Cavities. Lyrically, it's one of their strongest songs. Go back, pull the liner notes when you hear it, you'll be glad you did. It's, uh, the, the writing is very smart. It's kind of whatever you want it to be. I mean, it really is. It's like, you know, that's the beautiful thing about art. It's all in the, they say, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, it's kind of left up to your own interpretation. But I absolutely love that song, You Will Too. Number six is the song, I Wonder. And the video for this song was actually shot in Mississippi. A little trivia fact there. I Wonder is a great tune. The video is really kind of weird. A lot of people in that video look like me today. But go check that one out. You'll dig it too. I, I honestly think you should watch the video, not just listen to the song. I think the video provides some different contacts. And you can see Shannon Hoon and all his muddy glory. Uh, number five... This is kind of a cult classic, I guess, for Blind Melon fans. There are a lot of people that really dig this song. And it didn't get a tremendous amount of airplay. But it's toes across the floor. And it, to me, that just sounds country anyway. You know, it just it just does. But uh, that's also off the second album, Soup. Uh, I really dig that one. And again, guitar, to me, Shannon is great. But I, I think the guitar on this one is just what makes it more of a unique song it, it's just one of those songs where the instrumentation i think is a little different than anything else in the catalog so now we get to the top three 
And I think most everybody would say, yes, Steve, I know what the top three are going to be, but what order are they going to be in? They may surprise you. Number three for me, and of course all three of these are from the first album. Uh, Number three for me is Tones of Home. There are a lot of people that really love that one. It really resonates with a lot of people. And I think in many ways it kind of reminds people of Mississippi. You know, Shannon was actually from Indiana, good friends with Axl Rose. He's in the No Rain video. Or excuse me, he's in the Don't Cry video. He might be in No Rain too, but he's in the Don't Cry video on top of the tower uh, singing back up with Axl. A lot of people wondered who the guy was. Who is that guy? You know, who's he? It was Shannon Hoon. And uh, Axl Rose kind of helped him get discovered. But Tones of Home is uh, is one I think it kind of reminds you know Shannon even though he was from Indiana he was one of us he really was, and if memory serves me correct the place they lived and rehearsed in Mississippi was called the Happy House and you and you guys from West Point maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if based on what I have heard from people that uh, in bands from Mississippi that kind of affiliated with those guys too that you know the best years of Shannon Hoon's life were probably when the time he spent in Mississippi which I think is pretty cool. Number two, probably number one for most of you. And it would be so easy to pick this number one. And I love it. I absolutely do. I can still see the little B girl out there finding her own tribe at the end of the video. But it's no rain. And it's the one that put them over the top. They went from being an unknown band to being national superstars all because of that video. And the song is phenomenal. But everybody kind of, uh, you know, it was relatable because the B-girl's kind of kicking around the city and she's kind of out of place. Next thing you know, at the end, you know, she finds her people. And that's kind of how we all are. You know, we all kind of go through life trying to find out where we fit in. And that video, I think, kind of reinforces that. At some point, you do find it. You do find your tribe. But I think the writing on No Rain is, is so completely underrated I don't think people give that song enough credit for how the genius behind the writing. But number one for me, and maybe perhaps if there is ever like a soundtrack of my life, this is on it. And it's the song Change. And ironically, when I I was first listening to this album, I had had a dual tuner stereo. Yes, back in the days where you had your, your CD player and you had your receiver and you had an EQ and you had all this other stuff and you had tape deck and... Well, I had a channel that was bad, and for years, I guess that's probably not right, maybe a year, I would listen to the song, and the right tuner was out, and so it began a cappella for me, and so all you have is Shannon coming in singing, and so to me, that made the song even more profound, but it's a song change, and um, maybe it's because of the fact that my life was going through many changes at the same time. And uh, even to this day, I listen to this song, and it takes me back to 215 North 34th, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is a place where I kind of rebuilt my life. And um, and so, and this song was a big part of that. I just, I always felt it was like a song of empowerment. I, and I actually want to share some of the lyrics. I'm not going to sing them for you, not today. Um, but it's the part, you know, it says, I don't feel the sun's coming out today. It's staying in. It's going to find another way. As I sit here in this misery, I don't think I'll ever know. Lord, see the sun from here. And oh, as I fade away, they'll all look at me and say, and then they'll say, hey, look at him. I'll never live that way. And that's okay. They're just afraid to change. And so those are the things that I think about in life is like there's so much of that 
that um, when I was much younger, I placed so much value on the opinions of other people and kind of lived my life for other people. It's like, you know, I wanted other people's approval. And so I did things and acted a certain way. And uh, it becomes a very liberating experience when you start living for yourself. I don't mean selfishly for yourself, because obviously there are people in my life that depend on me, and so I live for them as well. But at the same time, too, they would—they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't love me the way they do if I was just faking it and putting on this charade. They love me for who I really am. That's a very, very liberating feeling to know that you can be yourself and still be loved. And uh, for a long time, I thought I, that wasn't who I was. I thought that wasn't how life worked. You know, I got to go out here and kind of conform and and be everybody else but i'm a free spirit man i love life and i love my life and i love all the people that are in it and um and so a lot of that you know a lot of that belief kind of goes back to that time of my life when when the song changed and blind melon was my favorite song in the world so that's top 10 list and i I always get a little preachy sometimes with these bands that mean a lot to me and, and it's because of the fact too that i just feel such a connection with these music so john packer thanks so much for the suggestion and blind melon thanks for liking the tweet hope you guys like our list but uh as as mississippi guys we're proud of all the other guys all the other mississippi guys that went out and made it in a very tragic situation with blind melon but um you know a great band that was uh it was done far too soon because of uh you know shannon hoon's untimely death and so again if if all you know is uh maybe tones of home and no rain this is your list today you will you will be absolutely amazed at all these great blonde melon songs that maybe you've never heard or unfamiliar with and so i'm so happy to share them with you uh giving the gift of blonde melon if you have an idea for top 10 lists reach out let me know i'm on all forms of social media at scout steve r if you are looking for previous lists and uh gordon has kind of got us up to date on some ones that that uh, i did before roy kind of took over the mantle there and I'll, i'll tweet some of those out but uh Go to Spotify and search Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And you can find those lists right there. And real quickly, before we move on, I want to share some numbers with you. I also want to thank Izzy Malderbaum for putting it on, on iTunes for you guys, too. I actually met him Friday. He came to the book signing at Bookmartin Cafe. Had a chance to visit with him. So good to meet you. And uh, I already knew his lovely wife. And I, I joke with him, too. When I said, this is your wife? Well, Congratulations. Uh, but yeah, Izzy, thanks so much for putting stuff on on iTunes for everybody that maybe aren't Spotify. So I want to give you guys the top ten top tens, right, real quickly. You know, so it's amazing how many of these we've done now. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I guess counting today, we're at two seventeen, two hundred seventeen of these top ten list. That's a lot of lists, man. So keep your suggestions coming. So number 10 for us is Jimmy Buffett. These are the most listened to, right? Number nine, and a bit of an upset, it's Bullet from My Valentine. And that really, 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 really makes me happy. Uh, number eight on the list, Roy's got all these numbers. Number eight is Journey. Journey, a former number one for us, is now number eight. Uh, let's find number seven here. It's the Black Crows. You guys like Southern Rock. Of course you do. Number six on the list, let me flip down here and find that it's Phil Collins. How about that, Uncle Phil? Appreciate your contributions. Number five on the list, Waylon Jennings, also a former number one for us. And just so you guys, I know you're curious. How about 17,064 
That's that's the impressions on that list. It's crazy. 17,000. All right, that was number five. Let's find number four here for you. Number four was the Zach Brown Band. That makes Roy really happy. That was his suggestion. 17,351. Number three on the list is Creed. And many of you say you don't like Creed, but you're wrong because 18,603 of you listened to our list or looked at our list. How about that? 18,603. All right, number two, a more recent one, and, and I guess he could take over. We'll see. Number two is Chris Stapleton, 19,094. How about that? But number one, and this makes me really happy as well, it shocked Roy. It really did, because most of the bands on this list he was unfamiliar with. And I think it also, too, it reminds me, too, that rock and roll is still the king. But it's recent rock covers, 19,436. That's the... uh, that's the most impressions we've had on one of these lists, 19,436. There you go. That's your top 10, top 10 list. And so I'm eager to see where uh, Blind Melon ends up. But that number is staggering to me, over 200 of these. But, you know, we'll keep going, man. You guys like it. I get, I get so much feedback when I go out and speak to people. I say, Steve, I love a top 10 list. I've had other people say, you know what, Steve, there's so many bands I did that I'm unfamiliar with. When I get out and do my yard work or I'm cleaning up the house, whatever, I put on the Spotify list and I have found some new songs that I really like, that makes me happy that we're actually uh, adding some value uh, to your life. Next segment of the show brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. You need to go check that out today. Many of you have like, you know, Steve, you know, I, I, I want to buy a house. I just don't know that if I, if, what I qualify for, how do I even go about the process? Well, that's why you go to a mortgage professional like Blair Chandler. Blair's a longtime friend of mine. He will do a great job for you. Blair has been in the business 21 years. There's a lot of people just kind of getting into it. And listen, best of luck to them. But you know what? You need to entrust your mortgage with somebody that knows what they're doing. Okay? And that's uh, that's Blair. Blair Chandler has worked for Fairway Mortgage. And uh, that's that's not a fly-by-night mortgage company either. It's not. And Blair, in the top 1% with Fairway, Fairway, one of the top five mortgage companies in all of America. So whether you're looking to make a purchase or a refi or maybe buy a fixer-upper, and maybe you always wanted to do that, but you don't know how to go about it, well, that's where Blair comes in. His expertise is unmatched. Go check him out today at CloseBlair.com. And listen, you got questions, he's got answers. And listen, I believe in doing business with Bulldogs, right? And, and you, know what, you know how I feel about that. We should support each other. Blair, very much a Bulldog. He's a state grad. He's a season ticket holder. He's got a place up here. This guy's true maroon. Let me give you Blair's phone number. And if, and if you don't if you don't have time to write it down, just remember, go to CloseWithBlair, B-L-A-I-R.com, CloseWithBlair.com, and Blair will get you going. Let me give you Blair's number. And, and he, may, he may mention, too, many of you guys are going broke buying uh, NAFL championship gear. You know, why not refi your house and buy some more, right? Go ahead and take out a second mortgage and just maybe set up a uh, – you know, maybe set up a trophy room with all your championship gear. Add like a, uh, you know, a den or something or a man cave. Give Blair a call today, 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Okay, so most of the Mississippi State affiliated players have already signed their Major League Baseball contracts. Uh, the long guy I think that hadn't signed is Christian McLeod. 
and, and he may have signed, and maybe they haven't released terms yet. I know Jim Calais and those guys do a great job releasing. I haven't seen anything on Christian yet. He is expected to sign with the Twins, though. Eric Sarantola really did well for himself. Eric Sarantola slot value was about three ninety, I guess. He signed for five hundred thousand, a five hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. That's a great start at life. And listen, Eric did not have a great year this year. The raw materials to be a great pitcher are there. But for some reason, we were not able to get it out of him. And listen, it's not a matter of physical skill. It's not a matter of God-given ability. It's just a matter of him kind of finding some confidence in himself. And so we talked about earlier, in the minors, they've got time to work with him. They've got time to kind of let him get out there and get beat up a little bit and kind of figure some things out. They're not competing for a national championship in rookie ball. So they can afford to let him go out there and get beat on and walk the ballpark if necessary to kind of figure out what he's doing, let him work through it. And I wish Eric the best. Again, this is a great young man. Really happy this worked out for him. I know what I'm sure when he lost his spot in the Bulldogs weekend rotation, I'm sure there's a huge part of him that said, you know what, there goes my draft dreams. There they go. Well, here they are. Worked out okay. Uh, Will Bednar, who mentioned last week, signed for $3.65 million. Slot was right at $4 million. Talked to a college baseball insider, and they said that probably means they already kind of had a draft deal made in advance of the draft. Probably like, hey, we want to take you. What are you looking for? So either way, he's been introduced, uh, probably already gotten most of that money. Eager to see what he's going to do in the minors you know, quickly. I, re- I really am excited to see what he's going to do because uh, Will is a guy that's got plus stuff, great spin rate on a fastball, a guy that can play the fastball up. There's a lot of that's the, that was the, 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 the pitching philosophy for years, keep the ball down, keep the ball down. Well, now that spin rate has become such a bigger thing, people have kind of learned, begun to learn that you, know, you can play the fastball up if you've got proper spin rate. And that's what you got with uh, with Will Bednar, and with Eric Sarantola for that matter. Uh, Rowdy, of course, signed for one hundred twenty five thousand with the Mets. It's uh, right at slot, if I remember correctly. TA signed for two hundred forty seven thousand five hundred. That's almost half of slot. But what are you going to do? You know, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe TA needs a better agent. I don't know, but uh, I think TA is just kind of ready to get going. Uh, let's be honest. That two hundred grand, two hundred—that's almost a quarter of a million dollars. Or actually, um, you know, he'll have an opportunity to make that up. I think TA is going to be a big leaguer. I, I really do, and I don't say that just because I'm a homer. I just think his approach at the plate is next level. I think that he is a guy that he learns in every at bat. He doesn't have a lot of holes in his swing like a lot of other guys do. He's short to the baseball. He he doesn't try to do too much. But when he gets the pitch he wants, he does hammer it. You know, and this is a guy, too, that, you know, he's he's not going to be a 25 home run guy. Could be a double-digit guy. We'll see how he translates to the wooden bat. But, you know, the thing about T.A. is, is he's so darn competitive and you're just not going to outwork him. And he has kind of a major league mentality, too. He's, he's really able to kind of flush it and move on. And there are a lot of younger guys that struggle with that. You know, they begin to have some struggles. And we've seen some guys on our team, not going to name any names, that when they begin to struggle, it takes a month to come out of it, and sometimes they never do. And T.A.'s been up and down at times too, but this year he's been incredibly consistent. And so 
Again, I'm not going to cry over that money, and I'm sure T.A. isn't either. But he will have an opportunity to make that money up because I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, down at single A ball for very long. I think he'll be at double A before you know it. And then we'll kind of see how things go. Uh, and the three signees have already signed. It, no, no question that was going to happen. That's Maddox Bruns, James Wood, and, of course, uh, Jordan McCants. So no surprise there. Of course, and so, and that's one thing that we talked about on the show after the draft is everybody drafted is expected to sign, and then McLeod's the only guy that hadn't yet, and and that that's just a matter of time, and so with an abbreviated draft, they're going to have to have some assurances up front, and of course there are a couple guys that don't, you know, and it probably cost some scouts some money too, probably cost some scouts uh, a job, you know, and you take a guy in the first or second round, they better sign because you don't get a chance to make that up. But by and large, guys that are drafted, especially in the first 10 rounds, they're gone. There will be some guys that are drafted late that will like to come back and improve their stock. And, and next year, there will be a lot more of that with a 40-round draft. But, uh, you know, this year, you know, before they go take a guy in the top 10 rounds, they're going to get him on the phone and say, hey, listen, we want to take you right here. You know, what, what are your salary demands? Here's what we're willing to offer. And, listen, you had some other Bulldogs, too, that got those same phone calls. And I'm talking to one player in particular, uh, family, and I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to. I don't want to you know, put them in a bad spot. He said, "Listen, we had a number, and it was up to him." But he said, "You know what? This is the number I got to have to pass on an opportunity to repeat as a college baseball national champion." So it's like, in order for me to go, I'd love to go play pro ball. I really wanted to come out this year, but we've won a natty. We got a chance to win another one. I've got a chance to play my way up into the uh, earlier rounds in the draft. And so you're going to have to come off that pocketbook to get me to go. And they just couldn't find any takers. It's not they didn't have any interest. And it's not that people weren't willing to pay them some money. They just weren't willing to pay what they were asking. And that's the kind of stuff, too, if you're a Mississippi State fan, makes you feel pretty good, too. You know, it's selfishly, we'd love for all those guys to come back. But guys like Rowdy and T.A., they had to sign. They did. You know, Christian doesn't have to sign. You know, he could have liked to come back. I don't suspect that he will by any stretch. I think it's just simply a matter of time. He's, he, but he has some leverage to work with. But it's very rare to see guys that have two years of leverage get drafted and not sign. They just don't want to mess with those guys. I think there was only a handful of guys last year that were, you know, guys that had two years uh, worth of leverage that actually were drafted. So we'll move on from this. We talked about transfers first part of the show. We're talking about draft guys now. And so that's just kind of where we'll go with this. Is it, it's going to be a different roster next year, but yeah, there's some guys out there that are doing a great job uh, hitting baseball around you. Jeffrey Entz, a guy you know from prep at Sandwood State. He, you know, I've met his dad. These guys are true maroon. Uh, Quarter, you know, the junior college kid is absolutely lighting it up in summer baseball. And that's one of the things too. I, it's so many times we get caught up in okay, well, listen to who all we're you know, we're losing, and we don't think about who we're gaining. And we got some guys coming in. They're going to help us. You guys are aware of Jeff Davis and R.J. Yeager, but you know, there's some guys out there. In, and let me run some of these summer league stats down for you just a little bit. So Marianne Swindoll up, updates these for us once a week over at jeanspage.com. It is a uh, free article for you guys to look at, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a free article. And uh, you can kind of keep up with that. And so here, just you know, there's a signee named Slate Alford playing in a perfect game league, hitting 279 right now. A uh, couple doubles, 11 RBI, doing, doing a good job. But Matt Quarter, 
This is a guy, an absolute monster right here. Matt Quarter is hitting 385 with seven home runs and 14 RBIs. That guy's getting it done. That's in 52 at bats. Jeffrey Entz, I mentioned him. He's hitting 354. 354 with 17 hits and 48 at bats. That's a, that's a future second baseman for you right now. Just kind of looking ahead there. Uh, Kai McDonald, a doubles machine at Mississippi State, hitting 286 right now. Got to work on the K's a little bit, but uh, he's getting it done. Got nine RBI, a triple, a couple doubles. Let me move on down here. And and listen, when you see these numbers too, don't don't think less of your returning players. They just went through the grind of of Omaha. Many of them don't even want to be there in the summer leagues. They're just there to kind of you know, get some instruction, and they'll be back. Many of them will be back this week. But uh, Jackson Fristo has been up and down a little bit for us up there. Hadn't pitched a whole lot. Casey Hunt has pitched out there and done pretty well. And I expect him to be a bigger part of the bullpen uh, as we kind of move forward. Uh, Team USA, Landon Sims, doing a good job. Four appearances, uh, no earned runs. 4.1 innings pitch, allowed just three hits and six Ks. Absolutely getting it done. Parker Stinnett's had a couple of good outings uh, out there in the Valley League. And uh, Mikey Tepper, getting it done in the Cape, actually has a start under his belt too. So, you know, again, these guys, from in many respects, have been playing baseball for a year. Need to come home and get some rest. I wouldn't – I'll be honest with you. I wish they'd all stayed home just to get some rest. You know, some of these younger guys that maybe didn't pitch at Omaha, yeah, let them go out there and get some innings and kind of eat that stuff up. But Cam James and, uh, you know, I guess the guys on Team USA, you got to let them go. It's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime type experience. But, uh, you know, I would suspect if Cam James wasn't playing for Coach Polk, he probably is at home kind of resting and working out, getting bigger and stronger. But uh, I'm excited about the team, as you guys are as well. Look forward to talking more baseball as we get into fall baseball a little bit later this year. Listen, we're not going to spend a lot of time updating it as we go, but uh, I'm I'm interested to see what quarter is going to do because with Jess Davis coming in, you know, when you bring that guy in, you don't sign him thinking he's just going to be a defensive replacement. Not a guy that was a leadoff hitter that's got the stolen base tools that he has. Uh, got to get the swing and miss down a little bit and kind of get his own base percentage up a little bit, but that guy's a real threat. Well, you bring Jess Davis in, all of a sudden you see quarter lighting up in the summer, and you kind of begin to rethink, you know, maybe you're starting nine if you're the casual fan. Now, of course, Chris Lamonis is thinking, okay, fall baseball is going to determine who's going to play in the outfield for me, you know, because your infield is pretty much set. You know, you bring in R.J. Yeager, he'll compete at short, probably end up at second. And so, but outside of that, the outfield is pretty much wide open. I mean, there's no – I don't think there's a spot out there. I mean, Cumbus is probably one guy you can look at and say, you know what, need to have his bat in order. And so we'll kind of see how things progress. But I, I think the outfield is going to be completely wide open. And I think the fall baseball uh, scrimmages will go a long way in determining, you know, who's going to play. You know, Anthony Quarter's out there absolutely ripping the cover off the baseball right now. And, and you've got a guy hitting the, the long ball as well as he is. You know, why would you not have him in your order? We talk all the time about, you know, adding some pop to this order, and that was the big concern this year coming in is what do we do about right-handed power without Westbrook and Foskey? Well, Logan Tanner stepped up, did a good job for us. Kim James stepped up, did a good job for us. So let's just say you look at, you know, Kellum Clark, Logan Tanner, Luke Hancock, Kim James. You can run those numbers back, Cumbus maybe. 
you know, those are double-digit home run guys. Then you add Jaeger, double-digit home run guy. You add Quarter, hopefully he's a double-digit home run guy. You know, and so you're going to have power kind of up and down the order. I mean, you know, Lane Forsythe's a guy that's not a power hitter, but I do think he will take a jump offensively this year. You know, Jess Davis has got its hit a few, but that's not really his role. And so I began to kind of look, look at this order, I think, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're going to have a much longer lineup next year that could really hurt you. There were times this year, you know, before we had Kellum Clark in the order, once you got through, you know, number the five spot or six spot, at bottom third of the order, you just didn't feel like you had anybody down there that could hurt you. At times you had Tanner Leggett and Lane Forsyth both down, both down there, and you just didn't have any pop in the bottom third. And all of a sudden we get into postseason and we have Cumbus and Clark hitting back-to-back. Well, next thing you know, we start hitting more home runs. And so when you all of a sudden when you can try six or seven guys out there that have the ability to hit ten home runs in a season for you or more, it changes the way people pitch to you. It does, and you just can't pitch around people. I think this is going to be a very, very, very good offensive lineup next year. And, again, the fall will kind of flesh that out. Campus Bookmart, I know many of you spent a lot of money with Campus Bookmart to get your championship gear, and I believe all of it's been shipped out. At least most of it has if, if it hadn't. Uh, email them and they'll, they'll, they'll research it for you. But I know that uh, I've seen a lot of people celebrating their campus bookmark deliveries here as of late. Appreciate your patience with them and all of our Starkville vendors. People are doing their best to, to get these orders filled. It's unprecedented times, man. It is. And if you're like me, man, I, I'll just wear a championship shirt every day. I got a friend of mine bought 13, 13 national championship shirts. <laughs> he said he bought a couple just to put up. He said, I got a couple that I'm just going to put up. I'm not even going to wear them. And he's going to wear a different one every day. Good for you. Maybe you feel the same way. I see a lot of flags, see a lot of uh, bumper stickers, license plate, covers, all that good stuff, or frames. You know what I'm talking about. There's so much stuff out there, it's difficult to keep up with it. A lot of these hats. If you hadn't filled out your collection, you need to go to campusbookmart.net today. And Stan and Ma'am, Miss Kathy Brown, and the lovely, talented Susie can take care of you. And Candy. Candy's great, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but if you can't make it to town to see their smiling faces, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, you get the phrase that pays, BSR, which stands for beautiful Steve Robertson. That'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. All orders less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. And, and listen, if you're going to Campus Book Mart to load up on NAFL Championship gear, you're going to spend more than 50 bucks. I had somebody tell me yesterday they spent 350 trying to figure out how to explain that when the bank statement comes. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. Maybe I don't know your situation. But again, CampusBookMart.net, promo code BSR to get free shipping on all orders over $50. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about this Texas OU stuff. And it all that's the thing, too, that I've learned about this. So there are a few things that I'll share that I have learned. And uh, there's a lot more. It's, I think we all kind of feel the same way. There's more that we know than we can prove, right? And so I, I believe the fact that all this leaked out during SEC media days means that, that, that the leak was somewhat agenda-driven. There are some people kind of pointing the finger at Texas A&M. It's like by, by doing it now, it kind of forces everybody to talk about it. I do think the first steps that were taken, 
I think Ross Bjork was at SEC Media Days. I don't know how many other ADs were there, but he was there, which makes me think that perhaps this was kind of orchestrated. And I think initially it made A&M look like they were scared of Texas. And maybe they are. I don't know. I think it's good for college football when Texas and Texas A&M play. I used to watch that game. And I know Texas said, we'll never play you guys again as long as you go to the SEC. And now they're trying to join us. But I think it's good for the game that those two teams play. I think it's great. I think people want to see that matchup, good, bad, or indifferent. Love rivalry games, and that's one of the better ones. But now all of a sudden the A&M is saying, hey, listen, no matter how this thing shakes out, we know we're going to be ready. 12th man will be ready to compete against anybody that shows up. What that tells me is somebody somewhere probably gave um, A&M either some direction or some context. But a lot has changed. I've had some people share with me, too, that there uh, there's some numbers out there that are just astronomical. I don't know who factors these things in. But they're saying within three years that each SEC school could rake in an additional $40 million in revenue. I don't know how you quantify that in advance. But if that's the case, it's just an absolute no-brainer. You know, I was thinking last week, based on some projections, it was going to be about $20 million more a year. And I was thinking, hey, well, let's do it. We can take that $20 million, man, and we can kind of distance ourselves from some of the schools we recruit against. In a lot of these Olympic sports, we could dump some more money into baseball and certainly do a lot to enhance our football facilities as well. But then all of a sudden you're talking between $35 and $40 million a year. What are we talking about? If those numbers are anywhere close, it's worth it. Now, I also believe that this going to the nine-game SEC schedule is going to be a, a big financial thing for, for the schools and for the league. It does make it more difficult for us to get bowl eligible. There's no doubt about it. But if you look at it, most years we're not six and six. We've had some of those, but most years we're not six and six. But we're going to have to be smart in our non-conference scheduling. That's the thing I wonder, too, is if we're going to play non-conference games, can we get out of this Power Five thing? I mean, honestly, if we're going to play non-conference games, can we get out of the Power Five requirement for non-conference? I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. I'm not the one making that decision, though. Also, been some talk about the SEC's been in serious discussions with Ohio State and Miami. I'm told that's not correct. That's what happens, too. It's like once somebody gets beat on a story, then everybody starts tacking on to it. But there's never any accountability. There's nobody, nobody ever comes back later and says, oh, well, this is what you told us and it was wrong. I'm going to unfollow you and unsubscribe from your, you know, your, your media. But they do it. They just kind of tag along. But there's a lot of people out there. It's like, yeah, well, well we broke this and they didn't. Oh, we're tagging along to this and now there's going to be this. And, you know, the thing that I keep going back to as well, and I do think there is a really good chance this is going to happen with, with Texas and Oklahoma. There's just there's there's too much smoke from too many people that are, are pretty well connected. But that said, I go back to 2010, and Chip Brown and others, there were so many people that were, you know, this Pac-16 thing was done. They were saying it was all going to be announced in a matter of time. And then in the end, you know, Texas is the one that kind of put the, uh, you know, put the brakes on that deal. And said, you know what, we got to send our softball team to Pullman, Washington. 
Yeah, we got to send our volleyball team to Eugene, Oregon. You know, that's awfully expensive. It's awfully difficult to do. So they stayed put. Now, of course, the Big 12 administrators, they're trying to find a way to keep Texas and OU together, trying to find a way to incentivize people to remain in this conference. And I understand there's, you know, the Texas and Oklahoma legislator, people are jumping in there. And here's the thing, too, and I guess because of the fact that many of those schools are funded by state tax dollars, they feel like they should have some say in things. But I just don't see how you can stop a school from changing conference affiliations. You know, and here's the, the concern, too, you know, on, on probably most of the conference. It's, you know, Texas has had this attitude as if we can't run it, we're going to ruin it. And that's just the reality of it. They ruined the Southwest Conference. They basically ruined the Big 12 Conference with their own greed. You're not going to come to the SEC and bully anybody here. And so here's the reality of the situation. If Texas wants to be, you know, the king of the hill, they need to stay in the Big 12. Because you're not going to come to the SEC and all of a sudden get preferential treatment when, when Alabama's already got that role filled. Right? You're not going to come in here and bully Florida. Florida got among the most national championships across the board of anybody in the country. You're not going to come in here and bully LSU or Georgia. This, the, we're not TCU and Baylor and West Virginia. And so if Texas is going to come in here and be a good soldier and be a good league member and kind of you know see this as a situation to improve their own station in life, then okay, come on. But if you think you're going to come over here and take over, you might as well stay where you are because it's just not going to happen. It's going to be miserable for everybody involved, mainly you. And, you know, and again, I don't know that Texas is enough without Oklahoma. You know, if it was Texas and TCU wanting to come, I don't think you make the deal. But you got a chance to add two college football blue bloods that have been good for decades. I know Texas is not back, but Oklahoma's potentially going to win an Apple championship in football this year. And so, yeah, those guys bring something to the table. I think they also make it more difficult to make the playoff in every other sport outside of football for themselves. You don't you think Texas is going to come in here and run through the SEC and baseball like it did the Big 12? They're probably going to come in here and be a 16 and 14 type team like most of the average teams in the SEC. You know, here's the deal, Texas. I mean, it's like You've gotten used to playing Kansas and Kansas State and Baylor in baseball. So we're going to replace that. You're going to have a month where you're going to play LSU and Arkansas and Ole Miss and Mississippi State back to back to back. And you're going to play on the road at Baum and on the road at Duty Noble. And chances are you're going to lose all four of those series. Or you're at least going to lose at least half of them. You're not going to sweep any of them. And when you run through that gauntlet, your RPI is going to tumble a little bit. Your ranking's going to tumble a little bit, but your ego is going to get crushed because this is a baseball league that is very unforgiving. It's not like, oh, well, we had a tough weekend against TCU. Let's go beat up on Kansas. Let's go take two out of three at West Virginia. That doesn't happen here. Now, and God forbid, you, you got to play Vanderbilt. 
Yeah, and, and this is the kind of conference, too, as the national champions learned this year, you, you show up and don't bring your A game, you can get beat by the worst team in the league, like Missouri, because we did. And so I, I don't – and I don't see Oklahoma as a team that's really going to come in here and add a lot of value to baseball. I think they will benefit from being in the SEC. I think Oklahoma – if you've ever been to Oklahoma, and I have been a handful of times, and I love the state of Oklahoma – I love going to Tulsa. When I go up there, I go to the Hard Rock, and it is there is there is a smell that is unique to the Hard Rock in Tulsa. When I walk in there, I know exactly where I'm at. I feel so incredibly refreshed when I go in there. I, I don't know that I sleep better anywhere in the country than I do at the Hard Rock Casino in, in Tulsa. I love that place. I do. I love going in there. I love going to the joint. I've been to some shows there. I love eating there. It's great. I love that place. And uh, I got a good friend that, that kind of runs a show out there. And when I get a chance to go, I go. I've been to Oklahoma City a handful of times. I've been to the Oklahoma City Bomb Memorial. It changed my life. It's one of the only places I've ever been where I, I, I didn't feel like talking. You take that tour, man, that Oklahoma City bombing tour, it, it, it'll change you, man. It does. It gives you a new lease on life. It makes you see life in different lenses. Yeah, I've been to Stillwater. I've been to Norman. Oklahoma's a great, great place. And for many of us, we'll be getting a chance to go to Oklahoma for the first time. I would love to be able to go watch the Bulldogs go play in Norman, Oklahoma. It'd be, it'd be amazing. And we wouldn't have to do it very often because they wouldn't be on our side uh, or shouldn't be. But that would be a really cool thing. But I don't think Oklahoma is a team that comes in here and changes our baseball thing. I don't know they come in here and, and change basketball. I think Oklahoma probably has more to gain by joining the, the SEC than Texas does. But I think Texas needs Oklahoma. And it continues the Red River shootout, and all of a sudden we'll care more about that, right, because it impacts the SEC standings. But when I look around the rest of this whole conversation, I, I, I think – there is a lot of silliness involved in all this. But, again, if, when it boils down to money, I know some people say, well, you know, we're losing our identity. You know, guys, listen, Mississippi State for decades trailed everybody when it came to facilities and athletic budget. You guys know it. We did. And now all of a sudden we're able to kind of benefit – because of the fact that we're a charter member of the Southeastern Conference. And, I, listen, I have read some of these self-loathing fan uh, posts on message boards, and sometimes I'm, I love all of y'all, but some of y'all make my head hurt. Nobody's kicking Mississippi State out of the SEC. Why in the world would anybody even want to do that? And I'm going to be honest with you, and this may hurt some, fee- some feelings, I'm, I will be happy when that segment – that, that line of thinking, let, let me just go ahead and stop because I, I'm, I'm going to say something that hurts some feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Um, but let me just say I'll be glad that we've evolved from that. Guys, we have played for a national championship in two different sports four times in the last eight years. Four times. Wasn't, we didn't just get lucky. We played four times. We've been to 11 straight ball games. We're doing our part to load the SEC bowl coffers. We hadn't been as good in basketball as we wanted to be, but we are contributing to the Southeastern Conference. You want to talk about somebody who isn't contributing, 
why aren't you guys saying kick all Miss out? They're not going to get kicked out either. They're also a charter member. But who has done less for the SEC West than Ole Miss? I'll sit back and wait. But yet some of our fans will get out there and say, oh, they're going to kick us out of the league. Just stop. Stop. Stop talking or stop being a fan, one of the two. Either way, I'll be happy. Just stop. It's stupid. Stop. To- Where's your pride? They're going to kick us out of the league. Well, why if we could kick you out of the fan base? How about that? That'd make me happy. Stop posting on social media and stop identifying yourself as a Mississippi State fan if you're going to post that kind of trash. Again, I'm going to get fired up about this. I love Mississippi State. I'm proud of Mississippi State. We just won a national championship. A national championship. And we have fans, just a small number. Oh, they're going to kick us out. I'm going to move on. All right, so Portico, great friends, great, great, great friends that care about Starkville and the greater Starkville area. Brooks Bryan, former Diamond Dog outfielder, robbed a home run against the University of Washington to send us to Omaha. That picture is still floating around out there. I understand, according to his lovely wife, it's blown up in their living room. It sits, like, over the fireplace. It's, like, 10 by 15 or something. You know, it's like it, like it's got its own, like, light on it. It may be its own light source. But listen, Brooks wants to put you in a new place, too. Maybe you can have your own pictures on your own wall of your own major accomplishments and have your own lights on them right here in Starkville Portico. Whether you're looking to make this your, your full-time home or perhaps your home away from home or even an investment property, Portico is the way to go. Very easy to get to. Turn off of 82 onto 12. As if you're going to campus, the very first right is Pat Station Road. As you cross over Old West Point Road, there's your new home right there in Portico. Go check it out. You'll be glad you did. I've had some of you reach out and say, hey, Steve, we went to Starkville to go pick up some championship gear, and we went and checked out Portico, and you're right. It's a great place. I would never lead you wrong. I don't do business with people that I don't trust. I trust Brooks. Brooks is a guy, again, that is very committed to Mississippi State, wants to do what he can, part of a great group of developers that are bringing a great place. And I've said before, if I was moving to Starkville now, that's where I would move. Absolutely, without question. There is, I wouldn't even think twice about it. To be that close to campus, but also to be kind of out of the hustle and bustle of 12 and all the things that happen around Walmart, right? And you've got that Walmart neighborhood market right there by you. It is absolutely perfect. There is some growth out there. There are going to be some new restaurants out there, too. But you're kind of tucked away off of the highway. I think it's a great place to go, whether it be two-bedroom, two-bath, four-bedroom, four-bath. You're going to be happy you went. Contact Brooks Bryan today. Don't wait. Many of you have said, well, Steve, one day. Well, listen, today's the day to at least get some information. Start doing your own due diligence about making Starkville your home. Brooks is a great guy. He'll even give you some baseball stories. He's got some great Richard Lee stories. And some Chris Lauderhouse stories, but don't tell him that I told you that. Give Brooks a call today, 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. Okay, so as we get closer to Friday, we're going to start previewing Top Dog Camp. Talk a little bit about it. There are a few guys, too, some big names that we're hoping to show up. Jaheim Otis been invited to both State and Ole Miss. He may make both of them. 
because he's not planning to camp. He's not working out either place, and and he has nothing to gain from working out anyway. So a lot of people say, oh, he's going to be here, he's going to be there. As of Sunday, not exactly sure what he's going to do, and that's from someone very close to him. But he hasn't ruled out visiting both places. He also, I'm told, is going to visit both schools during the season. Also not going to make a final decision until uh, right around signing day. Currently committed to Alabama. Basically a commitment, basically a reservation. And listen, you can do a whole lot worse than having a commitment to Alabama while you work, while you figure this thing out. But uh, kid can really play. Now, um, Stone Blanton, he may pull a twofer as well. What's interesting, you know, he named a top three here as of late. Um, you know, Mississippi State. It's been been the, the prohibitive favorite throughout his recruitment. Ole Miss still trying to stay in there a little bit, but uh, he listed a top three, did not have Ole Miss listed. I still believe he's going to be a Bulldog. I don't think it's going to tarry on for much longer. There was some discussion that he might wait and take some vis- his final two official visits during the season and then make the call. I just don't think they're going to wait that long. I, I could see it happening this weekend. I'm not saying I'm expecting it, but I won't be surprised if it comes this weekend. I certainly think there's a good chance he does it before the season begins. I'm, I'm eager to see Stone in maroon and white. I think he fits what we want to do. I think he fits us culturally. That's why he committed to us in baseball already. I know some people say, well, Steve, he can't play baseball here in football somewhere else. Yeah, well, no duh. We all know that. But he hasn't. he's never backed off his baseball commitment. No, no, no point is he said, hey, guys, I'm not going to Mississippi State. I want to rethink this thing. Maybe I rushed it. That's never changed. He spent a lot of time on our campus. He'll get a chance to play both football and baseball here. And when you look at some of the schools he's considering, you know, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, South Carolina, you know, it's where's the baseball better? We just won a national championship. Maybe you've heard. All right, Bryson Hurst is the guy that was originally planning to be here. I'm I'm told he won't be here this weekend. As of last week, they were saying he wasn't going to go anywhere this weekend. Listen, it's amazing how rides tend to work out late. You know what I'm saying? So I won't be surprised if he visits somewhere this weekend, maybe Mississippi State, maybe Florida, maybe Ole Miss, who knows. I think he's a guy, too, that is not exactly sure what he wants to do, and he's a very impressionable young man. I don't say that in a negative way. But it's kind of like whoever talks to him last has the lead. You know, he gets caught up in the moment. And I think that's one of the things, too, where the parents are very important in this process. His mom was expected to come with him uh, to visit this time through. He was here in June, I think, with a uh, with his stepdad, maybe. or And I don't, I don't know the family dynamic as well as I should. But he was here with a male relative. And then they didn't want to make a move until mom had a chance to see some of the schools. And so we felt really good about State's uh, – chances back then but again there's a lot of ebb and flow in the process we'll see how things kind of progress uh Xavier Harris a guy that was considered a Mississippi State lean out of the blue commits to Ole Miss shortly after State wins a NFL championship and let me just tell you Ole Miss people this and, and I mean this with as much sincerity as I can possibly muster if you think that you getting the football commitment in any way diminishes our feelings about winning a NFL championship in baseball you are kidding yourselves more than you have ever kidded yourselves in your life. That, that that was not even a blip on the radar. And that's not to say that we don't want Xavier Harris, and that's not in any way an indictment on his skill or ability. We just won a NAFL championship, and you went and got a recruit. Whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo, man. 
<laughs> it's like, wow. And it was so funny the way that the reaction was. Uh, it's just, it just, it amazes me. You know, it's like, and I guess maybe those things too that, you know, we have struggled for so many years to kind of reach the pinnacle of college baseball. We finally have, and it, it feels so good. And I think in many respects, it's given so many of our fans so much more confidence. And I think these kind of things just don't impact us anymore, and they shouldn't. And my hope is, is kind of moving forward, we'll all have, you know, a little more self-awareness too and understand, you know what, we can do big things at Mississippi State. And so I was talking to some people the other day, and they said, well, you know, I just knew we were going to find a way to Mississippi State that thing up. And again, ladies, I'm going to tell you this again, and I mean this with as much love and sincerity as I can. Please marry a positive Mississippi State fan. Please do. Because we're trying to, to breed that negativity out of the fan base. I mean, if, if you can't be positive after we just won a national championship, the problem is not Mississippi State. The problem is you. So rest your insecurities somewhere else. Because the rest of us are going to enjoy this. Matter of fact, we may enjoy it the rest of our lives. We may never check up talking about the national championship. But if you can't be happy, if you are still looking for you know the one black cloud in the beautiful blue sky that is Starkville right now, after we just won a national championship, I don't know what I can do to help you, man. I don't. I don't think there is any help for you. I really don't. So we're going to move forward. And we're going to go win another national championship. I don't know if it comes this year, but we're not done hanging banners. And the difference between our banners and some other people's is that we have a trophy that go along with our banners. You know, we're not one of these kind of people that, hey, well, listen, uh, you know, Golf Digest named us number one, so let's go hang a banner. That's just not how life works here. We have a little more credibility and a little more pride in ourselves that we wouldn't lower ourselves to – you know, being named national champions, you know, by, you know, by sport magazine or something like that. It's just not what we're looking for. We've got the real deal here and we're going to enjoy it. And uh, if we have to drag many of these self-loathing Mississippi State fans along with us and so be it, that's what we'll do. But uh, this has been the best decade in Mississippi State baseball history. And, and this is really just a beginning for us. And I'm excited about our football team too. Again, I think it's a good year this year. I think next year has the ability to be a great one. So when we come back on Wednesday, we're going to go ahead and start looking ahead a little bit, kind of previewing a season just a little bit, uh, because I think we have squeezed just about all we can out of baseball for a little while. Not that we're tired of talking about it, but uh, I'm ready to kind of turn the page now in many respects and kind of get to football. I could talk about baseball every day, but, uh, you know, football season is going to be here before you know it. It's, what, what, five weeks now? How great is that? How cool is it we win an AFL championship, we get to celebrate for a month, and the next thing you know we're planning a tailgate. That is outstanding. Well, that's going to do it for today. Listen, I, I, didn't, I had two people message me, and I share this all the time with you guys, but if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and I hope you are, go to StarkVillains.com, and you can get those great T-shirts. You can get them in your school colors more times than not. Especially If you go to Starkville High School, you can get them in black and gold. If your kids go to Starville Academy, you can get them in orange and blue. If you just love Mississippi State, you can get it in black and white or maroon and white. They're great. Get the hoodies. And we'll work, I'm working on some other stuff, too. you got to be patient with me on that. But um, Stark Villains. And listen, the books, easy to find, alphadogsabook.com. I signed a bunch of books last week. So if you need uh, books and, and maybe you don't live locally and you need to get personalized copies for a gift or for a friend or for yourself, go to Alpha Dogs. That's with a D-A-W-G-S, alphadogsthebook.com, and put in the notes what you'd like it to say. I'll write whatever you want. 
that's it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.